Hey, Business Building Warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cochran. We have a couple guests coming on the show here in just a moment. I'm talking about uh, Brandon and Shane. Their business partners been doing the Amazon Replens business seriously for a little over a year. They've done a couple hundred thousand dollars with a business so far. They have their eyes set on doing a lot more than that in 2023. That's why I'm recording this. We're in early 2023 and they've just completed their first full year of doing this while working full-time with a construction business. And they've both been in the construction industry for a very long time. I think they said a couple decades on the interview today. So that's their background. That's what the business they understand, but they're starting to apply some of their business skills to e-commerce, which is new territory for them. They're friends of a good friend of this community, Rich Potter. He's the guy that created the Proven Wholesale Sourcing course, provenwholesalesourcing.com, which is one of the modules, one of the many modules included inside the Proven Amazon course. They got their start kind of hanging out with him, getting some training from him, and then they took off. They're super excited about their business. They ask a lot of really good questions. We dive deep into some different challenges that they're having. It's not all sunshine and rainbows on today's episode. They've got some challenges they've hit, but they're very excited about what they're seeing. They've built a beautiful business. They're finding a lot of great replin products that they can sell. They talk through how they're doing it. They're using a replins foundation to go after wholesalers. And you've heard us talk about that on past episodes of this show. They're using a tool called Smart Scout, silentgym.com slash SS, as in Smart Scout, is where you can go to get that tool. All the tools we'll mention today will be listed in the show notes as links so you can go check them out because there's a few other tools and resources we mentioned today as well. We talk a lot about the Proven Conference. They were talking about maybe coming this year. Hey, what's it like? So I spend a few minutes describing what the event is like and what they can expect Go to theprovenconference.com to get details on our July 6th through 8th, 2023 event. We'll announce the city soon. Tickets will be on sale soon, but you can go start to get a feel for the event at theprovenconference.com. I think that's all the announcements we need to cover for now before we bring our guests on the show. Have fun hanging out with me today with Mr. Brandon and Shane, two really great guys who are on a nice trajectory to build a really great business this year after having some solid results last year. Let's bring them onto the show right now. So Brandon and Shane, welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thank you for having us. Pleasure to meet you. Looking forward to hearing your story. We just met and I think we're going to start with you, Brandon. Let's get into your story. Let's hear about it. All right. Well, it was a couple of years ago. Things were going a little bit rough, you know, with uh, with COVID and the economy and things. And I found myself uh, losing my job and I needed to do something else. I've been in construction all my life, uh, different facets of it. So I needed something else. I remember seeing some ads for some e-commerce. Hey, you know, get rich quick kind of thing. Guy standing next to his fancy car and stuff. Right. Uh, it didn't intrigue me, but uh, I was very skeptical. Good. You know, see those kind of ads all the time. You don't know what's what's real, what's not. Maybe a couple months later, when I really started thinking about if I wanted to be interested in it, I saw a post from an old friend of mine, an old roommate, and he wasn't on social media very much, but he decided to post about his Amazon business and how he'd been doing. It was in his, I believe at that time, his fifth year. Um, he's been on this podcast several times, Rich Potter. And uh, oh, you go way back with Rich, huh? Okay, Rich. I've known him for about 20 years, and so 
as soon as I saw the post, I quickly messaged him and said, dude, I need to know if this is, you know, if this is real or not. And so he said, all right, let's go have lunch. And uh, so we made an appointment and I had lunch with him and I just got into it. I was like, dude, just tell me all about this. What is going that, on? That's a good friend, man, Rich. You went to like, cause I, I'll tell you right now, as soon as you start posting stuff like that online, people that you forgot you were friends with in high school come out of the woodwork and like, Hey, can I pick your brain over lunch? And you're just like, you can't possibly go to lunch that many times. So yeah, that's right. great that uh, no, you guys must've been pretty, pretty tight back. We were, know. we were really good friends. And you yeah. know, and of course he, uh, we were, we met when we were single. And so he'd gotten married. I've, I've been divorced and single for years and years. And so you kind of lose that contact. It's kind of different world. Uh, but you know, we were really happy to reconnect. And uh, so, yeah, we jumped into it and he told me how he started and it really intrigued me. And then he said, come over to the warehouse that he had just moved into. And he said, come and see it in action. And so I went over there and I saw it. I saw, you know, talked to some of his employees. I mean, you know, and I was like, okay, now I'm I'm into this now. I really want to research this and see what's what's happening. Yeah, especially um, the speed his business grew within just a couple of years. He had a robust operation. Exactly. And so that was super exciting to learn about. And uh, and you know, and I saw his operation and the kind of all-star team that he kind of assembled for himself. Uh, and how it was going. And then, of course, what he did was he he got into the, hey, I coach. I do coaching classes. And, of course, he mentioned you and, uh, you know, affiliated with you. And he said, are you interested? And I was like, of course I'm interested. And he said, well, I got a class that's like next week. And then he told me, you know, what the cost was. And, of course, at that time, I was poor. <laughs> I had no money to my name. And so I told him, I was like, hey, man, I'll see if I can. Let's see. And that's where Shane pops in. <laughs> Shane and I, Shane and I go way back as well, and uh, we've been really good friends. And I just happened—I think it was maybe a day or two after I talked with Rich, where I was talking to Shane, and it just came up. I was like, "Man, I'm thinking about doing this Amazon thing." And I started talking to him. He started asking me a bunch of questions, and uh, I told him about the coaching, and he said, "Let's do it." And so he was going to put the money forth for me to coach and learn. And then act as the investor. And we'd go in, you know, 50-50 as business partners. And uh, just, you know, he said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. Do it right. And so that launched. That's great. So you started off. Yeah, we've got a, and I'll stick a link to it in the show notes for today's episode. But from time to time, we host live events with Rich. We fill the room, you know, somewhere between five and 10 people at a time. And you see his operation. And he's... The author, for those who don't know, I'm sure you guys know, but just kind of keeping the audience up to speed here, he's the content creator for the ProvenWholesaleSourcing.com class that's one of the many modules inside the Proven Amazon course at this point. But as the creator of that course, we built a whole experience around those who wanted to go to his outfit just outside Phoenix, right? Uh, right. That's what I always say, Phoenix. I know <laughs> it's a big state, but that gets people close enough. And you see his warehouse and his team and his products and and that's something we've offered many times in the past. I'll stick a link in the show notes. You can call our coaching office and discuss that if you're interested. But but that's the experience you guys had. And because you were friends, he got you into one of those classes. And so that's how you kind of got your start with yeah. selling on Amazon. Now, are you replens focused, would you say? Or yes. wholesale or? Okay. Uh, well, the way we started, we started in stores, going and scanning. Yeah. Scanning lots and lots of product. I mean, we were, we were, we were almost obsessed with it we were any of our free time we were at a store whether together or even separately sending each other 
links and pictures of, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And then going to the office and researching. And so I would say, yeah, about 100% of our products for the first probably four or five months were from stores, hmm. uh, from retail. Yeah. Uh, then, then we kind of just was like, wait a minute, there might be a better way of doing this. You know, and so then we started jumping to online, doing online, uh, you know, arbitrage. And then we weren't, we didn't think we were experienced enough to do the whole wholesale thing. It was kind of one of those things like, how do we even jump into this? I mean, Rich does coach on that, uh, but we felt like we were too new that we would get any accounts. But then we just said, let's just go for it. Started researching, sending out emails and started getting some accounts. And then we were like, man, going to stores is kind of a waste of time now. Uh, we'd rather just sit in our office, get everything shipped to us, you know, and we, we, we then transitioned to that. Okay, so quick question, not to go down a bunny trail, but I'm curious, are you guys using Smart Scout? We are. Okay. I figured you might be because Rich loves that software. Silentgym.com slash SS. It's a link, our discount link to a software tool called Smart Scout. Rich Potter teaches in the Proven Wholesale Sourcing course how he uses that tool to locate wholesalers and to kind of dive in. I love that trajectory of your journey, You're just being excited, e-commerce, something new. You're scanning barcodes, you're finding stuff for price A at Walmart and selling it for price B online. And just that initial excitement fueled you. And then you started thinking, how could we be more efficient? Started doing some online sourcing, then you kind of stepped into wholesale. But this is all being done Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm assuming this is the case because this is what we all teach, Rich included, the replens model. You're using Keepa to analyze your inventory, correct? Okay, so that's great. What's uh, what's Brandon leaving out, Shane? You know, look, we haven't heard from you yet. Fill in your perspective on this story and any gaps we've left so far in the story. Yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's mentioned, uh, you know, much the story there. Uh, when he came to me, I own a construction company and at the time, just busy doing my thing. And he's like, hey, tell me about Amazon. What was funny to me is when he told me kind of the the way you sell on Amazon and the way it works, I was kind of surprised. I was like, what do you mean? You just go to the store and buy stuff and then sell it? I'm like, okay. It sounds too simple, right? Yeah. I'm like, what the heck? But so he told me about Rich's training course. And I was like, dude, I don't have time. I'm like, I have no time to go. I'll pay for it. I'll do whatever I got to do. But you need to go you need to go figure this out. I don't, I don't have the time to, to focus on that, you know? And so he did. So he went and did that. And as we jumped in it, what I found for me was uh, like Brandon was saying, it was kind of exciting to go out. Like it was like a treasure hunt, you know, you're looking for like these products and stuff. We're at the dollar store, whatever we're doing. And we're like, Hey, check this out. You know, like he said, bouncing stuff off from one to another. And yeah, it just became fun. And it was just, unusual to me because I had heard of Amazon selling before and I had like family members or other people that kind of their focus was, Hey, I'm going to go find the next big thing. And I'm, I'm going to get like 10,000 of these things. We're going to sell them out. I'm going to make a bunch of money. And I was like, that sounds kind of my, I don't know about that. It sounded kind of risky, just kind of sounded difficult, but you know, with, I mean, I, I learned that Amazon the people, you, the stuff you buy on Amazon is from people like us. Right. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know how Amazon technically worked. Yep. Um, I thought it was Amazon, you know, themselves. They sell all their stuff, whatever. So it was interesting to learn it. So 
at the beginning, I was like, I have no time for this. But then it just became exciting and I found time. So next thing you know, like I was almost doing this full time. I stepped away from my other business and let people operate that. And I was, you know, they were trying to get a hold of me and like, nobody can get a hold of Shane. Nobody, can, you know, I'm shopping online. I'm like looking for stuff and running around to the stores. And it was. You're goofing around on Keepa and learning Smart Scout and yeah, sourcing profitable like, inventory. You know, loading software on my phone and stuff. Yeah, and, probably making nowhere near as much money with this new venture as you were in your established career, right? Like, but there's so much more excitement. It's like, yeah, this is yeah. new. This is fun. This is, this could really go somewhere. Well, the That's potential great. is definitely, the potential for the money is obviously there. Yeah, you know, we've experienced some of that and yep. it's just great to see it. But yeah, I mean, you know, not knowing where you're going to end up financially or whatever and kind of doing it as a side business. It's now we're hoping to, you know, just build it and build it. And whether it's full-time work for us or we have people working for us or whatever we do, you know, we're excited for what the future holds in that respect, yeah. you know? You've recognized the potential of the opportunity at this point and you're kind of, you're putting a few more chips into the into the game here, it sounds like, right? Um, yeah. Taking a little more seriously than at first. It was just kind of something to try and it slowly escalated. So how long, at what point were we talking where you kind of sat down, went to lunch with Rich? When was that? That was... Uh... October of 2020. Okay, gotcha. That gives us a little over two years plus a few months ago. And you jumped in, started learning replans, wholesale, had Rich there as your guide, which is a great guide to have, right? So, all right, cool. Well, keep the story going, guys, wherever you want to go from here, Brandon. It actually, it took us a while to get everything set up after we coached. Like a a year. Almost a year. (laughs) Really? Because you're busy guys, you're in construction. Uh Exactly. Yeah. It was it was trying to find the time to get together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would try to do once a week and it just wouldn't ever work out with all of our scheduling and stuff. But we finally sat down and said, we got to get this going. We did it. Uh, and then we had our first sale the day before Thanksgiving 2021. Gotcha. So, so a little over a year ago, a couple yeah, year so and a couple months ago. Was our first full year. Yeah. So gotcha. in that year of of kind of creating the business, that's literally what it was. Like we were like, okay, let's pick a company name. Let's get a company set up. Let's get our tax ID set up. Let's, you know, do all this sort of stuff. Let's get get an account on Amazon. Get your business set up on Amazon. And it took forever. I mean, just because we weren't, we just weren't, like you said, we just weren't finding the time. Like a couple hours a week, we would get together. And, and you know how it gets if you just kind of discuss things, but don't actually put it into play. <laughs> yeah. You're like talking. You're just like, oh, well, well, let's just talk. And it's like, okay, less talk, more action. and. You know, fortunately, football season kicked around. And I was like, Brandon, okay, we're coming over Monday nights, Thursday nights, whatever. We're going to watch football. Then we're going to focus on that. So and, who's your who's your team? Are you guys loyal to the local team or? Uh, well, we don't like, we don't, we're not happy about our teams right now. <laughs> I'm a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I'm a Packers fan. So, <laughs> wow. Good rivalry there for uh, sure, yeah. though, historically, right? Some fun games. Oh, yeah. So. Wearing our jerseys with each other. It's been yeah. fun. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I was a Cowboys guy until the 90s when they became the the Dallas Convicts. And I kind of lost interest <laughs> at that point. You know what hurt me as a Cowboy fan was when they when they uh, let go of um, Coach Landry. Oh, really? Yeah, that, just, that hurt me deep. Because when I was younger, man, I loved that dude. So, yeah. yeah. And I, but, you know, so I used to be there, right there with you, man. But... 
Yeah. We got a team that's been fun on and off here, the Colts here in Indianapolis, you know, kind of kind of a tragic year for us too, though. Yeah, Arguably the most tragic story in the NFL right now. But anyway, we, we don't want to get off on that tangent too far. <laughs> um, but no, that's great. So you guys are hanging out, watching some football, talking business, and that's when you find yourself kind of chipping away at this thing. And, yeah. and you know, for the listener's standpoint, people who are hearing this, I don't want people to think, wow, it takes a year chipping away. Well, we've had people do this, the whole process of getting set up and getting everything established and getting their Amazon account in a week or two. Yeah, right. right? That's fine. Yeah. It, well, it's not that's, like that's, a lot that's of really, stuff. It's kind of close to what happened because that year, that was that was literally us just sitting around talking about it. Like, it wasn't until we decided to sit down and we're like, okay, let's get together and get this moving. Yeah, it was, you know, within a couple of months, we had everything. Yeah. The business lined up, the accounts lined up, you know, understanding how to like add something into Amazon and sell it. I mean, that all happened really quick. So yeah, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a long time. If you just put your mind to it, we were just kind of being, uh, we're just being lazy about it, you know, like just yeah, with sure. other things, you know, working full time. It was just, yeah. uh, it just took a second. But once Yeah, we- sure. One of 50 things you're trying to get to kind of thing. I mean, that's the way real life is, right? I love that initial momentum. Everyone always mentions that first sale. Because that is quite a pivot point. We're like, all right, this works. Maybe I didn't make a lot of money, but this works. I know the process. I'm legit now. Amazon likes me. I'm signed up. I've I've got all the boxes checked. So what's, what started happening then? So that first sale came in was just pure excitement, right? Okay, it works. We put something in, it's sold, and it works. Uh, we were actually, uh, we had some goals that we set for sales our first month, second month, third month, and into up to the summer. And we kind of blew those out of the water right away. We were selling way more than we thought we would, getting the buy box more than we thought we would. And so, of course, that fueled our excitement even more. And so we really... It was a struggle at first to, to keep inventory in because we were very limited on our time. Um, he's working on his business. I had to work full time. Uh, to pay the bills in other ways. And so we were only able to meet like once a week and not only do our research, but prep and send product in. Uh, And that happened for, oh man, six, seven months of doing it that way. Sometimes maybe twice a week we can meet, but it was very limited. But we were still doing pretty good for just that kind of time we were putting in. We were still doing a lot in sales in, in our eyes, you know. Um, what were you doing to put some numbers to this, you know, what did you do those, you know, month three, month four after getting rocking? Well, Brandon, Brandon came to me and he's like, hey, I want to hit. So this was, we were kind of talking about this in January because December of what was 2021, December 21, 20, December 2021 was our first full month. And so in January, Brandon's like, hey, we want to hit 10 grand a month in sales. And, uh, you know, like when we're sitting there, we're looking at each of our sales. Dude, we sold this. We sold this. And it was like $5 here, $10, whatever it was. We're like, okay, we got to scale up like this. And what's funny is we did that in January. We busted that in January, you know? So our goal for the summer, we hit in January. And then it just got more and more, you know, just busier from there and more and more sales at that point. And, you know, we're already this year, 100% over what we did, you know, at this time last year, you know? That's great. So here we are in January of 2023. Right. What are you on track for here? We got several days left in the month still, but what are you looking at for this month? Just so people contrast the difference between that year you just, excuse me, that month if, a year ago. If, 
if we stay on track from what we've been doing, it'll be close to 22,000. So yeah, almost, nice. almost double what we did. Doubled what you did. Yeah, that's a nice trajectory. And as a business owner, Shane, you got an appreciation for, <laughs> you know, that's some oh, nice yeah. growth, man. Yeah, yeah. 100% sure. year over year for the same month. Right. I've owned, I've owned my business since 2005, this construction company. And over the years, you scale up a little bit, just get yeah. busier and busier and busier. But I've never just doubled in you know, <laughs> revenue. That's yeah. crazy. You know? Right. And it's, this business has its plateaus as well, but you can scale so fast. I mean, you guys saw it in Rich. We've got a good number of people who've been guests on this podcast. It's not the typical experience necessarily, but it's not unrealistic or unreasonable to expect that you put the time and the energy and effort into it, you can double year over year, several years in a row initially as you're starting up. We've seen many people do that, just that, uh, or even faster than that in some cases. Uh, But there's other people who it's just an extra few hundred bucks a week and they're content there and they kind of drift along and that's great. I would argue that's harder to maintain than growth is though, but that's a different story for another day. But all right, so where do you guys want to go from here? Because I, I have a feeling people who are listening to this would love to hear, how do you find your inventory? What are you guys selling? You know, what, how do you determine a good product from a bad product? Those kind of topics. But is there anything else we could draw from your story before we transition I, into that? Yeah. I th- okay. So we, even though we had a pretty good year, we feel like it was a completely alarming year. There were a lot of things, a lot of mistakes we made. Yeah. A lot of things that we kind of figured out on our own, uh, the way we researched, we had a tweak. There were things that we thought maybe weren't as important that ended up being hugely important. With the way we researched with Keepa and RevSeller, looking at products not only for like the last three months or a year, but their whole lifetime as a listing and seeing trends. And we we weren't really focused on that the first six months. And then there's times where we're just like, man, we had this listing that was looked like a rock star. And by the time we got it listed, it we weren't making any money. You know, it had tanked lots of sellers, whatever the factor was. And so we feel like also, with going over to, to online arbitrage and going through wholesalers, uh, we were finding a lot more product and we just wanted things getting in there to sell, right? But now we're looking at higher price point uh, products, you know, putting more capital into the business and really hoping it you know, makes it grow. We might, we might not do a whole lot more in sales as a number, but we think our profitability is going to raise quite a bit. Yeah. That's what this model looks like as you mature is you start to recognize some of those spinning your wheels, replans, and how to quickly kind of step away from the ones that aren't doing well for you. And you start realizing that turning $5 bills into $10 bills is nice, but turning $50 bills into $100 bills is better with the same amount of work. Just add a couple zeros to both numbers, right? And you're doubling your money either way. Why not invest in some of that more expensive inventory? You get confident in your ability to pick winners and losers. And just to keep the listeners up to speed again, we may have some brand new listeners who've never heard this program before. We talked about Keepa. I can't encourage you more more strongly than I am about to right now. Please go watch podcast episode 369. Learn what Keepa is and why we talk about it so much on this podcast. That's all I'm going to say for now. And you mentioned a tool called RevSeller. And uh, that just helps you. You can see right on your screen. I know you guys know this, but for the listener's sake, right on your screen, right on Amazon, you're just bumping around like you're shopping, but you can see if I was able to buy this product for $5, how profitable would it be for me to sell at the current buy box price? So you can just kind of see winners and losers really fast right on your screen. It's a great tool. Provenamazoncourse.com slash rev seller has a great discount there. 
all those links will be in the show notes. So just doing a little favor to uh, the new listeners in the community. Thanks for uh, doing that with me, guys. But so you start learning some lessons about picking good inventory, being a little, being a little, uh, like the picky is the right word. Like, are we going to really spend time on this one? Is it worth our time and energy or not? Um, and looking back at the history, I like that you said that. It's better to get a, instead of just getting a one month or even three month maybe window, the thing Keepa does, it allows you to look back in time, in some cases, a couple of years. Is this a seasonal item that spikes every Christmas? You know, Do we want to get into that right now, that kind of data? So what are, what are some products you have gotten into without giving away or creating any competitors for yourself, kind of using this, this process? Talk us through that. You know, you're talking like specific stuff or like brand, like how like, have you found no, it? Like, tell us the story. Don't get, like, don't give us the exact name, or something, you know, or whatever. But yeah, don't create a competitor um, for yourself. But tell us the yeah. story behind it. Like, did you call them on the phone? Did you send them an email? What kind of products was it? What category did you sell in? That sort of thing. Yeah, well, what's uh, where it kind of got started with us is my mother-in-law. Actually, she apparently knows Rich too, and I didn't. I didn't know this. Until later, but she knows Rich, and she started doing Amazon stuff too. And we did a lot of grocery stuff, you know, some cosmetic stuff or whatever. The grocery thing is kind of where it kicked off for us because we were like Walmart shopping down the aisles or whatever, trying to sell some taco sauce or you know whatever we're doing. And you know, when you get into these wholesalers, that they've got this these categories that you can go in and see. We were able to kind of compare. Okay, well buying it say here at Walmart versus buying it here, you know, we're able to get it, you know, easier because sometimes you go to these stores and it almost seemed like to us that every time we'd go find something, say in a store, you know, a week later, it's almost like we were like, how many other Amazon shoppers are in here finding this stuff, <laughs> stealing our idea, you know, shelves would be empty. Yeah, we're like, where did it all go? You know, we're running around from store to store to get it. So you know, moving into being able to get stuff online and have people send it to us or whatever, you know, was really helpful. And you find your profitability is better. You usually get it for a better price, as well as you don't have to go out, drive around from location to location to, you know, to find it or whatever. So yeah, it was, so grocery was kind of a thing that we got into that. And we learned a lot. Of, it was helped us learn a lot of lessons because there was a lot of volume with that. We found a lot of little things. You're making a couple of dollars here. You learn how to list something. You learn how to package it, you learn how to send it in effectively, you know, your prep time and stuff like that. So the volume of doing all that was really actually kind of helpful with our learning process on how to pump things out and, you know, get them into the system, you know? Now you said listing, were you guys creating some new listings, listing new products? Or are you just talking about listing against existing products? Yes, I guess it's existing, existing. products. Very actually, good. That's one of the things that we're very uneducated about is creating new listings. We, yeah. yeah. As you should be. It throws us through for a loop all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, there's just, there's no reason to do it. They, yeah. I, you know, we, we strongly encourage until you're doing a consistent, I would say 30 to $40,000 a month, maybe is when you start thinking about a private label product, perhaps based on some of the instincts that you've developed, noticing which products move well, and maybe some of those generic worded products that seem to just fly off the shelf for whatever yeah. brand this is associated with them. Like, yeah, you know what? Let's go get our own brand of that thing and see if we can take a shot at this using the instincts that you've developed after getting to that level. Right. Or maybe some branded bundles even is a good step, which you can experiment with that even earlier. That's something I would encourage you guys is something to be looking into in 2023 is that uh, that module in the Proven Amazon course, provenbrandbuilding.com. Spend an evening kind of clicking through that sometime 
That'll get you pretty excited about the potential there. I'm not sure if Rich is doing any of that or not, but we've got a student last month did 750000 in his branded bundle. Wow. We actually met with Rich last week to, to you know, we, we, we talked to him every once in a while just to sit down. And he had mentioned that because we had been asking him about creating listings and stuff. And he was talking about doing branded bundles. And that's something that we will look into. We don't think that we're ready for it just yet. No, uh, no rush. But that we that we wanted to get into maybe a little bit later this year. Of course. And the premise is easily sourced products, recognized right. name brands, put in a box that has your branded label on it with some unique component included that adds value to the buyer's experience. And it doesn't have to be anything earth shattering, but it adds value to their experience of buying the bundle. And now you've got an ASIN where you're the only seller. And that does involve setting up new listings, obviously. Right. But that's a you know test. You test three, four, five ideas, the sixth one hits and just takes off. But you're not going 50 or 100 units deep on anything. Just like with replens, you're going an inch deep and testing and go a little deeper if it's working well. Same kind of premise. I think that's a good next step for you guys to start thinking about. And who knows, maybe someday you will have your own private label product, but some people never get there and have no desire to, because even that comes with its own challenges, you know, manufacturing and legal issues and uh, running out of supplies and competitors coming after you. You poke your head up out of the weeds on Amazon and everyone notices and they're coming yes. after you. Uh, so why not just go after the low-hanging fruit and you know pivot and uh, change directions when necessary easily without having a bunch of inventory you can't move. Yeah, you guys are on a great path. Yeah, keep like it going. What else do you guys want to talk about? Like I was saying at the beginning, you know, about how other, you know, people that had told me about Amazon, they were like trying to hop into this next best thing, like I said. And I mean, to your point and what you were just talking about, I mean, you, you don't need to do that. You can go get name brand stuff that everybody's already familiar with. You don't have to find the new, you know, random thing that's up and coming. I mean, just find the stuff that sells well and people want. And it can be name brand. It can be, you know, it's already got, it's already established for you. You don't have to get traffic to some brand new listing. It's already there. You're just putting your, your you know, inventory in there with them and selling name brand stuff that sells like crazy. You know, it's great. Yep. yep. It, we, it, uh, we overcomplicate it for sure. New sellers tend to overcomplicate it. So I, want, I actually wanted to mention, I know we mentioned Smart Scout. Um, yeah. There is a... Uh, so Rich in his coaching, he you know he focuses on wholesale and stuff like that. So he encourages to reach out every day, sending out like ten to twelve emails a day for to get accounts and things like that. And uh, there is with Smart Scout, I did one day just decided to go on there and do what he had kind of taught in our coaching. Uh, I found a seller, looked at his list of of items, and I found kind of a, an odd item, which is a biodegradable bag, and. Uh, I noticed there was only a couple list, couple listings, but they were selling pretty good. So I decided to reach out to that brand myself. And fortunately, they came back and said, yeah, yeah, we want you to sell our stuff on Amazon. And we got an account just like that. And uh, luckily, there was you know, just only a couple other sellers on there and uh, something that you know is a solid seller for us. Um, That's so, awesome. Yeah, I love yeah. it. How big of a product catalog did they have? Oh, only uh, three items. Okay. Are you selling all of them or just one of them a good one? Um, we started with three, but there's two that are a hot seller for us. So we kind of dropped that third one off and we're continuing mm-hmm. with two. That's a great example of Rich's wholesale approach in action. You contact wholesalers who already have some momentum. They're already working with a couple other sellers typically. 
But there's room for a third to squeeze in. And that's you. It's these kind of under the radar, hot movers that just don't get discovered through typical channels. You're not going to scan a barcode and accidentally come up with it. There's no name, there's no brand associated with it that brings it up on your screen as an average Amazon shopper. But it's this product that's just selling really well at a right. nice profit margin. And you build a relationship with the vendor manufacturer and you're seller number three on a hot listing. Huh, right. And often as Rich does, he'll kind of jockey himself into that number one position with the brand uh-huh. and become the guy and maybe help them get their own Amazon account set up. And, and we actually, that's more advanced strategies that we teach in the proven product partnering module of the proven Amazon course is how to partner up with brands and become their exclusive partner and give them their own Amazon account. Now all the sales are flowing through one account and you're getting a percentage of those and right. you're helping them kind of fend off resellers and deal with Amazon issues and and it's a way to diversify, you know, because it's not just one Amazon account you're getting paid on anymore. It's how many ever you want to manage. Right. Yep. That's another thing to keep in mind as these kind of relationships develop and uh, you start to notice opportunities like that where you, know, you can approach the manufacturer. You've gotten to know them a little bit. You've placed several orders. Hey, why not have that conversation? Worst case they can say is no, but they may really like that proposal. Hey, how about you get an Amazon account and we'll manage it for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. opportunities everywhere for sure. So what, what's the price point and what's your uh, sell point and all that on that uh, on that bag? There's a there's a single unit and then there's a bundle of four packs. So the four pack is a price point of sixty five, and the single is a price point of uh, nineteen. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's real good. And I'm going to think long and hard. I may go ahead and chop that information out of this episode because I don't want you guys to get any competitors. <laughs> <laughs> It might be kind of hard for them to find what it is. So. Yeah. Is it? Well, there's plenty of other bags like that out there. In are, fact. They yeah. got they got bought out. The initial company got bought out by another company. Ah, so, so we're all good there. No competitor. No worries of competitors. That was just a useful example. Okay, very good. I'm always cautious when I have guests on here. The last thing I want is anything negative coming back on them because they right. took the time to share with us their story. So yeah, that's great. Okay, good. We're not worried about that ace and then. But all right, keep the keep the story going. More examples, more maybe some challenges you guys have encountered. Do you want me to brainstorm with you guys on anything you're facing down right now just to see if we oh, can man. make some progress? And the challenges. Yeah, I got some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Let's talk. I mean, I love being realistic on this program. It's not all sunshine and rainbows and bowls of cherries, man. You know, there's yeah. times where you got to make some hard decisions. Things don't go right. Um, let's talk about it. What's on your mind? So recently... Well, you know, there's things that there's things that we've learned appear to be more out of our control, and you got to kind of be prepared for some curveballs thrown at you. And for example, you know, we have a product that was selling great. You know, I mean, when I say great, this this particular product, we were probably selling three a day of it, good profit margins. Uh, we got plenty of inventory, and Amazon uh, took away the buy box. And for, for people listening, if you don't know what the buy box is, you better learn what the buy box is because <laughs> the buy box is critical. And so there's no buy box and you just got to click on the little button that says see other selling options or whatever. Yeah. And we even dropped our price a little bit or whatever to try to see if we can get it back. But then all of a sudden our sales just stopped. Fortunately, mm-hmm. the buy box just came back. What, the yesterday. 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 Gotcha. Back. How long was it gone? Like a couple months. months. Yeah. yeah. Two months. yeah. And it just, it, our sales just dead. You've yeah. heard the term suppressed listings. 
right? Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't a suppressed listing, I don't think. But well, I don't know what if that's exactly what that means. But I just know that the reason why they got rid of the buy box was because apparently was online cheaper somewhere else or something. And so they're apparently Amazon suppressed buy box is what I meant to say. Basically, that's the description of the exact scenario you mentioned where in Amazon's infinite wisdom, in their opinion, the price that the sellers currently selling the product or or selling at is too high. And that makes them grumpy and and disappointed. So they take the buy box away where you can't see the price of the product without clicking an extra button. And that does hurt conversion rates. Uh So basically, Amazon makes the decision to hurt everybody involved, themselves included, yep. because they think a price is a little higher than they think it should be. Well, what's weird about that is Silly. almost identical products, same same volume, of same course. size, whatever, exact same price. But yeah. for some reason, they're just picking on this one. Yeah, it's not consistent at all. It's It's almost like there's someone who's just kind of randomly... Pulling ASINs out of a hat going, let's suppress this buy box today and let's suppress this one today. And how about this one too? And and then now let's reinstate this one. So there's no logic to it. There's no logic to the rationale of why they do it. There's no rationale to when they do it. There's no rationale to when they turn it off. But it is a reality. It's just one of those random realities you have to deal with. And you guys said you tried lowering the price. Sometimes that'll get the attention of... Amazon, uh, sometimes just seeing a few sales kind of pop through anyway, that'll get Amazon's attention. Hey, the customers don't mind. It's an inconvenience for the customers who are trying to buy it as well. Right. Because they're wondering, what's wrong with this listing? You know, is there something I should know? I mean, I paid the same amount last month for this product and now there's no price tag there. What's going on? So they kind of move on because of the extra step of inconvenience. Right. So that that's what you experienced. But quite often that also represents opportunities. You know, there'll be some sellers who look for buy box suppressed listings, knowing that everyone's being inconvenienced and maybe kind of drifting away from what otherwise would be a pretty hot opportunity. So they kind of, you know, they park on it. Where you guys were selling three a day, they'd be happy to sell two or three a month at a nice profit margin. So it's a great ASIN for them because they know in order to qualify for Amazon to suppress the buy box on a listing, it has to be something that customers are paying attention to, Amazon's paying attention to, there's other competitive places the product can be bought. It's it's getting a lot of attention, in other words. So there's there's opportunity there. But if you're looking for like a magic solution to like, how do I keep that from happening? There's nothing you can do. Right. That's just part of one of, you know, 40 ways things can drift into the do not buy right now category and any good replan. And that's why it's important that you don't have any emotional attachment to these things. Right. And just as soon as it drifts into that, it can, just as fast it can come back. And now it is a, hey, that's selling again. Let's keep buying these things. Yeah. That's why you never have more than a month's worth of any inventory at Amazon for any ASIN, right? right? So you're not sitting there stuck with, you know, so you guys were selling three a day. You know, if you guys had more than a hundred units sitting at Amazon, you shouldn't have. Right. Yeah. It gets, that's, that's a difficult for one for us to figure out because, and maybe you can help answer this question. Our concern sometimes has been to run out of inventory. And if we're one of maybe two or three sellers on there, there's not a lot of people on there and everybody runs out of stock. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the odds of that listing just kind of going dead and then you replenish and but people have forgotten about it or they stopped buying it. Yeah. So that's yeah. our concern is we want to maintain like a steady level of inventory, but we don't know how, I mean, is that a bad idea? Like, is it okay to just let it disappear? 
And it's then- a balancing act. And it's not so much that people lose interest in it. What happens is Amazon's algorithm, the search result algorithm, punishes ASINs that drop to zero. Right. But again, there's opportunity in that as well because you can search, you can use Keepa to do a search and say, what products have recently drifted down into you know, no sellers, no inventory? Can I go find some of that product somewhere and be the first one to hop back on it and get it rocking again? That yeah. could be some big opportunity. Because the vast majority of the time, I would say 95% of the time, if an ASIN was good at some point, it's going to be good again in the future. The major exception to that is when it just stops being manufactured and no one can find it anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So what you're really asking is if we're, if we're going to completely analyze the question you just asked me, which stated differently is, what if this thing runs down to zero? Does that hurt us in the search algorithm? If we do go get more inventory and bring it back, are we still going to find our way back to the same kind of results? Right. Well, you're probably going to be hurting for a short period of time. But the vast majority of the time, it will bounce back to where it was eventually. But you kind of want to treat it like a new ASIN at that point. Okay. You don't want to jump in and assume it's going to sell three a day like it did before. It may take it don't a load it back up. Just start sending you know, maybe not as much inventory in as you did before mm-hmm. and just wait for it to build back up again. Yeah. But this is also why it's important to send in. Let's, let's say you're trying to maintain an ASIN that has three a day sales. So you're sending in a hundred at a time once a month, kind of trying to stay on top of it, right? I would rather see you send in 25 a week so you can pump the brakes anytime you need to. You can scale up anytime you need to. Amazon's getting a constant flow. So, you know, if if it goes bad, it's not going bad on you with 100 in stock. It's going bad on, on you with, you know, 75, 60, 75 based on what's sold recently. You got the 25 you just bought. We can return those to the manufacturer with our next return shipment and get our money back. And they, did, they didn't send it into Amazon. You see what I'm saying? You're more in control, the real time. You know, that's the reason you kind of start drifting into the uh, there's classes on just in time inventory operations. Everybody needs a smaller warehouse. Everyone's taking smaller risks. If you just in time inventory is the way to go. So, never having more than a month's worth of inventory sitting anywhere is kind of just good business across the board, not just for replens. Right. But frequent shipments yeah, helps yeah. you stay on top of that. Just that one little change. Instead of seeing in 100 months and in 25 a week, it's a far easier process to control. It's a little more paperwork, but the numbers come out in your favor over the long term, shipping frequently. Hey, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I'm excited to tell you about easily one of the top three most used Amazon seller tools in our community. I use it. My team uses it every day. The vast majority of the successful interviewed guests on this podcast use the tool. It's called Rev Seller, and they've got a special price just for this community. You can see the details of what the tool does and see the special offer at provenamazoncourse.com slash Rev Seller. I'll spell it R-E-V-S-E-L-L-E-R provenamazoncourse.com slash rev seller. It puts all kinds of useful information right on the screen, right on top of any listing on Amazon that helps you make a really fast, good decision on your inventory buys. You're going to love it. Go see what all it can do for you at provenamazoncourse.com slash rev seller. Let's get back to the show. But frequent shipments 
yeah, helps yeah. you stay on top of that. Just that one little change, instead of seeing in 100 months and in 25 a week, it's a far easier process to control. It's a little more paperwork, but the numbers come out in your favor over the long term, shipping frequently. Versus- well, do a lot of people do a lot of people run into a scenario where we found a you know a breaking point where you know you're sending in a small amount of product and it costs you more to send it in mm-hmm. as opposed to pallets or whatever to send in and so there's uh, when you're first up and going there's a breaking point of okay in order for us to save money to send it in to help us be more profitable we got to send a bunch in at one time yeah. or we got to wait and build up all this stuff while some of those listings kind of go dead and it's sitting on our pallet waiting for other listings to come in. I mean, does that make sense? Kind of what I'm saying? Oh, it absolutely does. And you're going to come out ahead. If my, if all things being equal, as a general rule, there's going to be exceptions, of course. If my options are order a little more and save 5% or get it out of my warehouse now and pay a little bit more for it, it's a little smaller quantity you're going to typically come out ahead getting it out of your warehouse now, paying a little bit more for your inventory because the opportunities are everywhere. Right. And where you start to lose money is going too deep on ASINs that go bad. Right. So you avoid that worst case scenario and you don't get the full benefit of like, man, if we bought 10,000 units, dude, we could pay 28% less. Let's go for it, man. Doing the okay. math in your head real quick. Well, what you don't know when you do that is you just bought eight months worth of inventory on something. Month three, that thing is a dead dog. Right. And there you are stuck with all of it. You didn't save 28%. That thing just cost you more than you're ever going to make. So it's all about taking very safe bets. The long-term sustainability. From my vantage point, I haven't seen a lot of businesses. You take the safe bets. If it means you pay a little bit more for your inventory so that you have a little less inventory on hand, and you're shipping more often, which is a little more expensive, and not everything goes on a pallet, it's worth it because right. you're keeping your risks minimal. I'd rather have a guaranteed you know, 15 to 20 to 30% ROI every month versus, man, let's go for that 200. But oof, we could have a negative 200 just as easy if we do that. You follow my logic there? Oh, for sure. So question for you, Jim. With inventory and planning, we really don't have a software that kind of helps us out, what would you recommend? Like, What would you use that's the best software out there for inventory planning? Well, we've got a lot of sellers in our group that use Replan Dashboard to recommend when it's time to buy more and how much more I should buy. It's a good, solid tool. It's as dialed in on that topic as any other tool you'll find. Is it perfect? No. (laughs) This is an emerging industry. This is an emerging opportunity. You know, the number of people who are doing this, doing this at scale hasn't quite justified someone to go out and spend $5 million and build the robust software support solution for every possible occurrence in this business. You know, there's thousands of us doing it, but no one's stepped up to that level yet. But Replan's dashboard comes as close as anyone at monitoring your ASINs. How fast are they selling? How many should we send in next month to monitor our inventory levels? That's going to help you out quite a bit. It becomes pretty invaluable at the point where you've got a few hundred ASINs. It becomes a bit of a no-brainer. It does a lot of other things for you too, but on that one, it's pretty dialed in. It's 85% of what you need there and no one offers you 100% because there's just too many factors that are out, that are out of your control anyway. Like variables and yeah. stuff. Even with perfect information. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. Yeah. That syncs up with your seller account? Yep, 100%. I mean, you just turn it on basically and it starts giving you information. 
Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we we learned our lesson the hard way with buying something in bulk. Yeah, we all do, man. That was fun. Oh, yeah. That, we'll just say that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, I've got my story. I bought a, uh, what was the product? It was a, um, man, it had something to do with fireplaces. It's like fireplace cleaning something. And they were just flying. So we started buying pallets of them. And then suddenly the price dropped. Everybody had it. They weren't selling anymore. We're like, oh, we just got a pallet in the door. What are we going to do this with this? We let it sit doing nothing for a while. And then suddenly they stopped making the thing. We didn't know it. And, but we just happened to notice one day the thing was selling for more money than we'd ever seen before. So we're, so we're calling the manufacturer like, we got to get every last one of these that you have. We got to stock up on it before you stop making this thing. Right. So, you know, a lot of times, like I said, those dead dogs come back around given right. enough time. And more often than not, far more often than not, those ones that we're kind of scrambling, like, oh no, how do we get rid of all this extra? Doing nothing is actually a pretty decent plan a lot of times. Okay. Yeah. Letting it sit. We're like, let's just let it sit and rot, you know, like <laughs> we packages well. of you know food that's gonna spoil. Oh well, yeah. We had one uh we had a brand that we got ungated to sell and we bought some product in that brand. It sold really well, but then all of a sudden Amazon's like, hey, nobody, as far as we know, nobody can sell this brand anymore. You need to get rid of your stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, some of them, did they even give us any time to sell yes, some a month of them? and a half? Yeah. So, like you said, if you only have a month's inventory in there, but we bought this stuff and some of it, did we, we couldn't even send it in? No, we were able to send it in, but we were sending it in with only a few weeks left of that. Yeah. We didn't have time to get right. to dump it, you know, and we don't really understand why that happened, especially if we got permission, got ungated to sell mm-hmm. it. And then all of a sudden they're saying, no, you can't sell it anymore. Yeah. You know, that's something that, you know, we're trying to wrap our heads around still to this day of what's going on with that, you know? Two things. The first point's fairly easy to make. Do you guys do any merchant fulfill by any chance? Ship the product yourself when it sells? Just, uh, we, like four, four products, four ASINs. Okay. And when Because that might've been one where it would have made sense for you to take a shot at it because it would have saved you two weeks. If you've only got three more weeks left, you don't want to spend two weeks just getting this stuff on the shelf. Right. I don't know if you guys did that or not, but that I would have pulled the merchant fulfill trigger right then. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's nice to see that you get in and you say you got a certain amount, you can start selling right away on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we have people go to stores to load up on replans at retail store and they're putting it in the shopping cart, listing it as they do, and it's sold before they get to the cashier register. Right. Whereas if you go the FBA route, it's going to be three weeks or more, maybe sometimes t- until that stuff's sitting on the shelf ready for a customer to buy it. So if, if time is, that, is of the essence, merchants are filled. Where they say, hey, you can't sell this stuff anymore. Like, Right. And, and that's yeah. the second thing I was going to talk about is these, you know, I call them grumpy brands. Now, when you're in the proven product partnering model, those grumpy brands are your friend because now you're the one representing that grumpy band, brand that's kicking everybody else off the listing and doing what they can. Now, let's talk from a legal vantage point. The first sale doctrine, this is United States commerce law, says if you buy something from me, it's yours now and you can sell it to whoever you want. But here's the kicker. Maybe not on any platform you want because Amazon may make a deal with that brand and say, okay, we're locking it down. We're going to avoid any trademark issues, people using your image and your keywords, et cetera. Now it's exclusively sold through you, the manufacturer. That actually ends up in most cases 
hurting the brand more than it helps. And I'm not going to give my soapbox lecture on why that is right now. But most of the time, they kind of come around back to the conclusion, you know what, this was kind of more fun and more profitable and less work when we had a handful of resellers doing it for us. Well, let's turn the resale channels left, open again. And it keeps their stuff from, a, from accumulating in the dusty corner of warehouses unused where they're Buyers are saying, ah, we got plenty of your stuff right now, man, because it kind of locks down the third-party channels and customers just don't even know it's out there. They're only right. buying the new stuff and the old stuff is kind of, you know, last season, last year's season stuff is just kind of stacking up in corners. That hurts the brand. So that's why brands are smarter to open up the resale floodgates. But quite often, they don't know that. They haven't learned that lesson yet. Or for whatever reason, they're saying, you know what? We're going to go direct to Amazon ourselves." Only this reseller and this reseller is allowed. Amazon, please help us enforce this. And Amazon kind of helps them enforce it. When I say kind of, it's because you still see all kinds of exceptions. Even when Nike tried to do this, they couldn't pull it off. You know, you know, Nike's got a team of 50 high overpaid lawyers assigned to the task. And Amazon's got 30 lawyers on their side assigned to the task. And they still couldn't figure out how to make it work. So they just shredded the agreement and said, okay, resellers, have fun. We can't figure this thing out. We need you guys. Uh, so it does happen. Yes, it is part of it. It's it's almost the the a similar frustration that you'll feel when your buy box gets suppressed. It's like, what's going on? Why everything was great? Everyone was happy. Customers were happy. I'm happy. Amazon's getting paid, and suddenly we're putting the brakes on the whole thing. What's up with that? Well, this is where the the classic replens advice comes in. The solution to that problem is go find more replens. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Let, the, let the dead horse die. It was nice. We had a good ride. Yeah. Good knowing you, buddy. No emotional attachment whatsoever. We're moving on and cutting our losses and hope ideally no more than a month's worth of inventory. We can move that on eBay or you know, Facebook Marketplace or our big blowout spring yard sale, right? You know, so we'll do what we got to do to move it. Maybe everyone gets one of those in their Christmas stocking next year on both sides of the family for both both of you, right? You know, <laughs> you, you said you just got to get creative sometimes, but you want as few of those as possible. That's why I say you, you want to, you know, get in and be ready to get out fast on anything you're doing. That's the replens model. Right. Yeah. I do have a, another question and ask for advice on another issue that we've had, ungating. And actually going to your Facebook group, I see this posted all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I, I look at your group and the posts every single day because I'm always looking for issues that other people have that we may have that uh, I can get answers. I've posted on there a couple of times myself uh, to try to get some answers from other sellers. But this story is I had reached out to a brand probably mid-summer uh, to ask for a wholesale account. And they came back and said, we don't deal with Amazon sellers. Sorry. Okay. You know, we get those all the time. And then in November, I get an email from them saying, we've changed our mind. We want to work with you. And they gave us a price list of not all their product, but about 15 different products. And they said, we'll start with this. We got so excited. Okay, great. Now this is a product that has one of the 2D bar barcodes, right? So we ordered, we got it. We go to get ungated. We, uh, the approval process, we gave them all the information that they've asked and we get rejected. And they say that we're rejected because they're not accepting the application for used, refurbished, or collectibles. But it's not. We're asking for new. New. So we did it again, stating, no, this is for new, mm -hmm. not. And we've probably done it, what, five or six times now? And they keep yeah. giving the same... Have reason. you had the manufacturer reach out to Amazon yet? We No, but we've, we've put their 
like, please reach out to this person? Sometimes Amazon will, sometimes they won't. But okay. if they get a letter on your behalf, we've we've had some pretty major brands that we got a letter stating the name of our store and you can attach that then on the letterhead from the company saying, here's the company telling us that we're an authorized reseller. That'll get, that'll get the switch flipped quite often. Okay. Because we, we did have an experience with another brand where we did the exact same thing and they just kept saying, not enough information. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very vague. Uh, we probably did it seven or eight times. And on the eighth time, they're like, here, approved. Right. We did the same thing eight times. And then yeah. that last one. It's, it's a manual process. You never know who you're going to get. It's a lot easier for them to deny something than to fill in all the blanks that's required to, you know, it takes them three seconds to deny somebody. It takes them 45 seconds to, to allow it. So if they're just having a bad day, it's just like, I'm going to get through this stack real quick. Deny, 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 right? And then you get the other guy who takes his job seriously the next day. <laughs> you know, it's it's just one of those things. Amazon is dealing with just a, an avalanche of, of applications and email and incoming concerns and they're staffed to accommodate it. And to their credit, they do a pretty decent job, in my opinion, of getting it right eventually. But this is another case too, where having a guy on call like Jeff Schick he is the lawyer you may have heard us talk about on recent podcast episodes, Schick like the razor, jeffschick.com. He's a sponsor of this podcast, but he's got a $90 a month retainer program where he deals with anything legal, Amazon policy, anytime you're dealing with Amazon customer support and they're just not making sense, you send it to him. He's got connections and you know he can, he can have conversations with people that, to make things happen, basically, because he's a lawyer. And so he can he can make things typically. Now, I don't know if that's a specific incidence that he could 100% guarantee help with, but I'd sure send it to him. Like, hey, we tried three or four times. The brand is saying we're in. They want us to sell their stuff. Amazon's saying we're not allowed to sell per the brand. Like, how do we escalate this? Right. He's, he's a good dude for you know, about okay. 30 bucks a day, man. You can have him on your side and his team. He's got a good team. He represents a lot of sellers in our community. Uh, the question often among sellers in our community is, at what point does it make sense for me to begin investing in having Jeff on call, you know, having okay. him on retainer. And I'd say at the point that you can justify it with your profits, it's going to pay for itself eventually. It's kind of like having a good accountant. Yeah. Okay. They're going to pay for themselves. You know, as a construction business owner, like how much money is your, has your accountant saved you versus cost you over the years? Just in like, hey, you need to tweak this. Hey, time to go buy a new truck, buddy. Like what? That doesn't make any sense. It trusts me. I'm saving you money right now. Just like weird <laughs> advice that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, right. So they pay for themselves. And Jeff's kind of the same way, especially at his low price. So that's me hitting every angle I can uh, from a high level. But hopefully you guys, you, you find that helpful. You will get around it with persistence. You will get approved. It's just yeah, to get it under the right person's nose. I got to mention, like, whenever we have questions about something, you know, I always tell Brandon, I'm like, Brandon, just go get on the Facebook group or something. Go find out what's going on, man. And most of the time he comes back with an answer and it's been great. We've learned a ton. Awesome. You know, on how to like, you know, scale up as well as clean up our act and and be more profitable by getting on there and getting answers from other people. It's been invaluable. I love to hear that, man. Awesome. Yeah. Keep jumping in there. And the keyword search feature is tremendous. You know, typically when the ungating conversation gets started, one of the first things I tell people is just get in the Facebook group and type in that word ungating or ungated. And just right. look at all the great conversations. You can get a PhD in ungating in about an hour and a half, just <laughs> popping through 
Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, one of my the best comments someone made the other day, it was probably a couple of weeks ago, someone said, did you try it 10 times? And it came to them, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> right. You haven't tried till you tried it 10 times, man. Yeah. So, it, but that's the thing you wouldn't know otherwise. You know, you think, oh, I got denied. Well, I guess it means I can't. No, there's no harm. And, in then, you, and you give up. Yeah. But, right. Yeah. You almost, you almost think if you try to submit it again, you're going to get in trouble or something. You right. Know? That, right, exactly. And just learning that it really is hard to make Amazon mad at you. You'll get some alerts and alarm bells and things will happen. But, you know, there's sellers in our community selling some really big numbers and and their account health numbers are all over the place and they're getting IP alerts all over the place and they're handling them. They're not ignoring them by any means, but these are all right. things you can navigate. None of this is stuff that should be keeping you up at night. Right. We have maybe, I don't know if you've experienced this. No, Arizona is growing like crazy and uh, right. they're building, they're building some processing centers here. Right. And so we've, we've, during the summer, we figured out palletizing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been great for us because it saves some money. And uh, we're starting to scale up that we had enough product to put on pallets, but we've noticed that uh, all of our things were going to Henderson, Nevada. That was great. But in, since December, all of a sudden, they're splitting our pallets up to three different locations, Henderson and then two locations here in Phoenix. Well, we don't have three pallets ready. We usually do one pallet at a time. And so now, because it's split it up, it's, it's tying up our inventory. We're not able to send it out as fast. Um, I don't know if you've heard of other sellers that are experiencing this because it just barely started happening to us. Yeah, you know, that's a higher level discussion. and. I would say it's a little outside. I'm not going to push you in the right direction. I know there's a guide to palletizing in the Proven Amazon course, and there's also a guide to getting it all out the door as efficiently as possible as you start to scale and you're making some bigger shipments, that sort of thing. Trying to get it to all to go to one prep center, for example, or one uh, fulfillment center at a time uh, versus being spread all over the place. You know, Those kind of strategies are taught in depth, how to get in, make those things happen. But off the top of my head, I can't say I've got a power tip for you, that would resolve your specific scenario. So I think I'd refer you to one, that's a great question to ask in the Facebook group. And two, there is training inside the Proven Amazon course on palletizing and efficiently moving as much inventory as possible without being spread out over multiple warehouses. Uh, So we we do cover those topics, but it's nothing off the top of my head. It's been a while since I've had to manage that part of my own business. So I don't want to give you advice that's not useful or just kind of guessing. Okay. Another question I actually had of you for you is uh, I know that you do a conference once a year. Yeah. I haven't really delved into that. What what really goes on? What kind of information? What what is it? Yeah. Well, Rich has spoken a couple of times and I, I think they're up in the air whether they'll be able to make it this year or not, last I heard. But you could certainly get your buddy's input on that for sure. But this is a chance for me to talk about the Proven Conference. Theprovenconference.com has all the details. As of right now, as we're recording this, we haven't announced the city, but we've announced the dates. July 6th through 8th is the dates, 2023. And it's going to be in a Midwest location. That's all we can tell you for now. By the time this episode airs, we may have the city and tickets may even be on sale. But it's three days of five to six, maybe 700 people this year. We're not sure exactly, typically, till we start seeing registrations come in. But it's hundreds of people who are doing the business we're talking about, either brand new or all the way up to at a serious like seven-figure month level, everything in between. It's breakout sessions, talking about every specific uh, detail of the business. 
a lot of new strategies that are coming down the pike, things we're excited about, things we're launching, and it can help you uh, grow faster. The thing that's going to be the most valuable, though, for sure, for just about everyone who attends, is getting to know some people in the community who are operating in a similar business model with a similar mindset. Mastermind groups form out of this, business opportunities pop up. Just getting to know the community a little bit more. And I talk all the time on this podcast about the power of relationships and business, how that's the fastest way to scale. If you're doing your business in isolation, even if it's just the two of you, you kind of feel isolated. Like, man, we don't really know anyone else is doing this. Yeah, we got rich, but man, he's a busy guy. But if, if you can form this group of people who are kind of at a similar stage you are, maybe a few a little ahead of you kind of thing, and just collaborate and the questions you ask me get way smarter answers, you know, from a group of 10 or 12 people hanging out every once in a while. You can really make some progress fast. And so you can form those kind of things, uh, masterminds and you know connections at the event. All of our sponsors come in and you know talk about the tools. And it's just a, it's a great time. We get about 97, 98% of the people who attend saying, I'm absolutely coming back next time when our post-event surveys. So yeah, it's, we do it upright. And uh, it's not a flashy thing. It's just people with a lot in common hanging out together and this year, we're going to have over 40 breakout sessions over the three days that you can choose from. You get the videos for all of it if, as an attendee at no cost because you can't possibly attend all the sessions. But it's going to be a good time, man. Okay, cool. It'll be good. So, Jim, uh, is it too much to ask from your experience with uh, sellers that are successful? Mm-hmm. Is there like a, a range of ROI profit margin that people fall within that? we should be shooting for? As you scale, you're going to see that number drop. You're going to be getting a smaller piece of a much bigger pie because you've got more people working on your team. You've got more overhead. I'm sure it's the same in the construction business, right? You operate as a one-man show, killer margins, but you can only do a house at a time. (laughs) You know, you get a team of 30 guys. Okay, we've just multiplied how much revenue we're generating by a big number but the percent that goes to the owner now is considerably less because of all the overhead. We're talking a lot more wheels on the ground, right? This business is no different. Meaning, you know, you can start off as a one-man show hustling, seeing 30, 35% net margins, hustle, do it all yourself. Then you start to add in people and processes and tools and other, you know, facilities, et cetera. And you get down into the 15 on the low bar for someone who's that in half, rocking yeah. it. You can cut it in half, but you're getting 15% of a you know $4 million pie instead of 35% of a $500,000 pie. Yeah, sure. So you still put a lot more money in the bank, but you will see your margins shrink over time. It's just the reality of business, you know, let alone, you know, the, the, how punished we are for succeeding with the tax system we have in place. That's a big factor right there. <laughs> you know, we all know that one. The more money you make, the more you pay a higher tax rate on that. Each time you get into that new bracket, it's a little harder to climb the ladder, basically, the higher you go. Uh, So you'll see, you'll feel those pain points. Uh, It's a bigger pie that you're getting a piece of. Are those those numbers the, uh, is that like the margin on like rev seller, not the ROI? Is that like the margin? That's total net margin. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm just talking, you know, what you put in the bank after everything's paid for. Right. Right. Those are just some round numbers. And, you know, there's people perfectly happy to operate lower than 15%. And there's people figured out creative ways to get above 35. But that's kind of the window most people operate in. 
And the numbers tend to shrink as your business, the, the, the net margin number shrinks as your business grows, just as our total rough estimate. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And that's typically, that's before you've paid yourself too. Okay. Yeah. That, that's everything except paying yourself. Pulled out. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah, it's good to know because you're trying to, like you said, without having a community of people to talk to that are doing it, you're like, dude, are we making money or not making money? Is this how it's supposed to look? Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's the exact kind of question you go. One of the things I encouraged everyone who attended last year, for example, I said, this is one of the few environments where you can just go up to random people who have a name tag on and just say, hey, my name's Jim. I see your name's Bob. How's business, man? Yeah. Tell me about it. What, what things are you struggling through right now? And they'll turn around and ask you the same question. And he'll say, hey, you know what? I was just talking to somebody. This guy over here, like he's doing the exact same thing that you're talking about right now. And he's actually, I think he's got it figured out. Let me go introduce you to, to Ed over here and like, you you know, go over and have a conversation. So it, that's the value. You can just really cram a lot of networking and getting these kind of questions answered. And uh, because there's, this is developing, like I said, this is an emerging developing opportunity. The rules for a lot of this and what it's supposed to look like just haven't been written yet in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's cool to have that group that community that's you know forthcoming with information you know yeah not not so it doesn't seem so cutthroat you know yeah it, it really isn't we don't see each other as competitors there's just so much opportunity out there we've talked about how we can all have as much success as we want to have and there's just yeah. millions and millions of replin listings out there to be discovered none of us are going to tap into and dominate it's just it, it's opportunities really is everywhere e-commerce yeah. is growing rapidly yes Oh man, I can't even tell you how excited I am to try to like scale it up because we've had this conversation multiple times. I mean, I have to hit in construction and Brandon knows what this is like working in the industry. You're hitting deadlines. You got somebody to answer to. There's 50 million emails in one day that you got to respond to. And somebody's getting mad that something's not happening. And I'm like, I, I sometimes I just check away from that. And I'm like, dude, I'm just going to go do Amazon. And <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't have anybody harassing me right now. It's, 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 I'll tell you what you're noticing is the pace. Right. Right. It's a different pace. Yeah. And it, and it seems like you can set your own pace, which is what's yep. great about it. You know, I that's hear, right. I mean, there aren't there people that just kind of do it in the fourth quarter. There's some people that do it like mm -hmm. once a month and they just mm -hmm. kind of do their own thing. And it's not, you're not, you don't have somebody jumping down your throat saying, hey, you didn't do enough. Right. Yeah. It's up to you. You, res you. you get the results based on what you put in or what the people you've hired put right. in. Plenty of people have completely automated this. I mean, we've got people selling six figures a month, traveling the country in an RV with their spouse in the retirement years, checking their numbers once a week because they've got virtual assistants in charge of finding replans, in charge of ordering replans that are sent to a prep center. It's all done OA, online arbitrage style. And that's the biz. Replans come and go without them even knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the more successful you get, the less you check your numbers, right? Like when we first got doing this, we were, you know, we're watching football and we're like, <laughs> an alert would go off. Dude, we just sold this. Refresh, like, refresh, refresh. Yeah. We're up to $10. We're up to $20. You know? Yeah. It was, it's a blast. It was, it was fun. It, it, was, it feels like you're playing a video game almost. You got to remind yourself that's real money. It spends just like the other money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really fun doing it. I almost kind of miss it. You know, like, we don't do it as much. We still do it. But like, yeah. literally every second, we're like, dude, did you see what we just sold? You know, like, 
Yeah. No, I, and I could, man, I've been doing this for, well, as the only income for my family for 20 years and right. 22 years, 23 playing on round when I, back when I had a real job still. And I can tell you, it never gets old checking the numbers when yeah. it's your business. Right. Never gets old. Never gets and old. The excitement is still there every time we find a new listing and it starts selling. We yeah. just, oh, hooray. 100%. I get uh-huh. excited. I get giddy. I, I see a new replin pop through and sell. And, you know, and we have one right now that costs us less than a buck that's selling for close to 30. It's one of the best we've ever seen. And we're one of a few sellers on it. And awesome. I know it's got a shelf life, you know, something will happen within the next few weeks or months. Maybe not. I'm going to find it pretty deep to find it, but you know, who knows? But yeah, loving it. Just seeing those sales pop through, knowing you know, my entire team got paid today, which includes, yeah. you know, I've got two of my kids and my aunt that I love and my mom, obviously love her. And these people, they're, they're supported from this business. So I see those sales popping through and it's like, it's not like, yeah, money for me. It's like, my team is taking care of. I'm, I've built a system that's supplying the needs of people I love and care for and, and good workers and, uh, you know, our customers through our prep center. And uh, it's yeah. very rewarding. And you've right. experienced that in the construction. You, know, you got a lot of guys you're responsible for and such, but to be able to do that at a pace where it's not beating you up every day. Yeah. Um, and it's, a, it's such a pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's, it's nice too. Sometimes uh, Brandon will find something, he'll buy it, he'll ship it and send it in. I have no idea. I look on there and I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> like, we make a money off of this? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right. You know? So it's, it's nice having, you know, a partner that can help you with it and you get, you get to see the, uh, you know, the fruits of his labor and stuff like that and just kind of relax, you know, it's, it's nice, but yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, scaling up and making this a permanent part of my life, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. You'll enjoy the journey. Keep it rocking. Well, I do need to get going, fellas. Is there anything else that we left off today? I got a little more time. Anything that was on your list? You wanted to bounce off me real quick? Otherwise, I think we put together a pretty good uh, episode for the listeners today. I, I answered all the questions I needed to. And Did you? Uh, okay, good. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot and it was good experience. So I, yeah, I think I got questions answered and stuff too. So Awesome. Awesome. Good to hear, Shane. Well, let me talk to the listeners for just a moment then, and uh, we'll we'll wind this one up. Hopefully, you as a listener to this show enjoyed just as much as I did today, hanging out with a couple of great guys from a construction industry. They're new to e-commerce, but they're doing some great things. They're building a beautiful business, and hopefully you enjoyed uh, their transparency today. I know I did. I learned from them, and I think they've learned a few things from us as well here. So on behalf of the whole team that puts these episodes together, thanks for hanging out with us today. And to my guests, Brandon and Shane, you guys did great. Thanks once again, fellas. Yeah, thank, thank you for having us. Appreciate it a lot. And, and hope to see you in July as well at the conference, man. Let's make that happen. But on behalf of the whole team, God bless the business building warriors out there. We'll have another great episode for you very soon. Hey, before we end the episode, I want to tell you about one of the tools that has been a favorite in this community for a very long time. I would say 95% of the leaders and coaches on our team have used or are actively using right now Rev Seller. Right on the screen in front of you, when you're on Amazon, using it as if you were a shopper, you can see so much information about every ASIN that you're looking at. You can tell if it's going to be profitable for you or not. You can get a nice offer on this tool by going to provenamazoncourse.com slash revseller. It's a very 
aggressive price discount that they have just for this community. You won't find a better price anywhere. And it helps you make really good decisions really fast. I use it personally. My team uses it. Next to Keepa itself, this is probably one of the most popular tools among the Replin sellers in our community. Again, I'm talking about Rev Seller. You can go to provenamazoncourse.com slash Rev Seller, R-E-V-S-E-L-L-E-R.com and see what we're talking about. We've even integrated this tool into quite a bit of the training that you're going to see if you go through the Proven Amazon course training. We rely on it heavily. Go check it out. Thanks for listening today. We'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.